This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening? And happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com and proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And where would I be? He couldn't make the Patreon show, but he is the man of the hour. He is the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on, buddy? How was vacation? It was good. Any time away from work is always a good time. Happy to be talking football, though. We had some football last week. We got the meat and potatoes of preseason coming up this week. I will actually get to see TJ Hawkinson on the field. Oh, oh, Randy, the hype train is. I, t- I told you. I, I I don't want to say I told you so, but yes, I really do. I told you so. I told you so. Get on Instagram. Start watching teams. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. And TJ Hawkinson's beating the brakes off kids right now at training camp. No, I got a buddy that went today. They had a little joint practice with the Patriots. He said TJ Hawkinson stood out again. He he went on, on their Instagram today. I saw he he ran one route, like a little option route, and like he destroyed this cornerback. And the cornerback even tried to grab him. And, and couldn't, you know, break up the pass. Like, he was like, screw it. I'll give up the five-yard illegal contact. And, I, and uh, Hawk was having 0.0 of it. But, hey, we could talk Dynasty and these young guys all we want. But tonight we've got a very special guest, a perfect guest for us to kick off some of our redraft stuff. But before we get into all that, I just want to make sure to let you know that the Patreon is live. And this season, every season. Jerry, do you ever get any tweets or uh, – you know, questions in your DMs about who to start come week one. Oh, yeah, you know. You, you know who I'm answering those for this year? Patreons. The, the Patreons. Because there's the, it's Patreon. It's a, Patron, Patron, whatever. But, yeah, it, you know, th- that's who I'm going to invest my time in. You're investing in us. We're going to invest in you. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Check it out for as little as a buck a month. Uh, we'll get you into the group chat. We'll get you an extra podcast a week. And I think you'll dig it quite a bit. And then uh, social media. I keep ref- referencing Instagram. I'm gradually moving more of what I do on social media that way. It's a lot more positive. Yeah, he's good at taking pictures of sunsets. His oh, feet yeah. in the sand. Food. I, I yeah. <laughs> yep. I put my two knees together to make them look like hot dogs. There's a lot of social media tricks and hacks I could teach you. But before we get into all that and I bring into our guest, I got to bring you a special word from our friends over at bestfantasyfootballleagues.com. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Bestfantasyfootballleague.com is back with a brand new invention. Okay, it's not really a new invention, but they've got a cool twist on the dynasty leagues they're currently providing. One quarterback, three running back, four wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, no kickers and defenses, 24 rounds. They also have redraft leagues, best ball leagues, entry fees from $19.99 to $2,999. Go check them out, bestfantasyfootballleague.com. So if you've ever had a hankering to play Jerry in a league for almost three grand, there you go. I'm going to need, we're going to need a lot more Patreons if I'm playing in a $3,000 league. <laughs> and speaking of a guy who might be interested in a $3,000 best ball or uh, maybe that redraft, our guest tonight is a two-time, 
two-time top 10 most accurate ranker according to fantasypros.com and he's been on the show before and on top of all of that he is one of the nicest people I've met in my journey during the uh, the last few years in the fantasy Twitter landscape his name's Kevin Wheeler he goes at ff underscore Wheeler on Twitter Wheeler welcome back buddy how you been I'm I'm good thanks for having me and that's a that's a wonderful intro you just pulled off there Ah oh, man like a superstar man <laughs> dude you, you are so if you go to again go to Wheeler's Twitter account at FF underscore Wheeler and look at the banner. There is a championship belt with both of your most accurate ranker designations from fantasypros.com. Tell the listener a little bit about what that means and, and what you've accomplished. Well, uh, it basically means, well, getting ranked in the first place in their consensus is a task. I, I did my own, published my own rankings independent of them for a year or two and then uh, asked to be compared to them and not, you know, in their expert consensus. And uh, when I was doing that, I, I came in, I would have come in 33rd. So the next year I was like, Hey, how about including me this year? You know, I didn't make a fool of myself and then uh, ended up in the top 10 of their draft accuracy rankings. Basically they have a methodology and it, it's pretty in depth and, uh, I can certainly share it. I know I have it on one of my saved timelines or whatever, but um, yeah, so uh, I, I did good with the draft rankings in 2017 and uh, plugged along through the season and did okay. Uh, the 2018, uh, I, I started out hot in their weekly accuracy rankings and uh, first couple of weeks, actually for the first five weeks, I think I was in first place and then, you know, things over time start to even out but I, I finished as the top uh number seven actually so top 10 and uh it's pretty happy with that uh pretty ecstatic with that actually you know <clears throat> it takes a lot of time and sunday mornings are i'm on lockdown uh it, it's you know a lot of tweaking a lot of looking over numbers a lot of looking over news and half the time I'm forgetting to set my own lineup. So that's why I've come to love best ball. It's one and done and get it over with and gives me time to chill a little bit on a Sunday while I'm setting the rankings. Well, I will say this and then I will let Jerry ask any questions of you he may have before we get into the news. But doctors need doctors. You know, doctors go to specialists. And, you know, even though I'm a quote unquote analyst in dynasty and fantasy football wheeler's a guy that i go to wheeler will tell you that i've uh, slid in his dms a few times asking questions and one thing about wheeler last year we were in the al bundy division of the scott fishbowl eight we managed to avoid each other this year it's hard to draft with wheeler and i, I think he kind of feels the same way about me because we both know each other's tendencies we like a lot of the same guys and so what did i do i invited wheeler to be in trade addict seven with me that was a, it was a great time <laughs> So, Jerry, you have yeah. any questions for Wheeler? No questions. I just want to make a statement that I was a ranker on Fantasy Pros, I think it was 2017, and let's just say 33rd would have been a far improvement on anything that I accomplished doing that. So it, it, you're you're understating yourself because top 10 is unbelievable, and to do it back-to-back -back years, go for the three-peat, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for it for sure. You know, it, it, there's such a... A, a small distance though between like if you look at it, I think it was between 10 and 50 something it was like 20 points or something ridiculous in their rankings like 0.01% difference and it, it really anybody in there is quite good you know the, it, it just takes a couple gut calls and being right and maybe a little bit of luck to get you know over that hurdle to tell you the truth well, I'll tell you, he's being very modest. And if you're in a league with Wheeler and you have an Eli McGuire share and never wanted to get out from under it, he, Wheeler's your guy. And, I may, and if yeah, you're in a league with me, too much of that. <laughs> yeah, it's not really worked out in our favor. I wish I had have sold him to you when, when you ask in the, uh, the first place. But uh, let, let, let's get into some news and then uh, we'll hear from our friends at the draft.com app here in just a bit. But let's check out some news. All right, a little bit of news. Zeke Elliott has not reported to camp, and he will not report, period, without a new contract, and that is uh, that he is prepared to miss the entire season per ESPN's 
Joe Cena Anderson. So my question, I'll, I'll start with Wheeler. I'll hit Wheeler. Where do you go now in redraft with this news? And uh, then I'll come back to Jerry for the dynasty spin. So I've, I've assumed that he was going to come back. You know, it, it may be a one or two week holdout, but from what I hear, I heard on a podcast today and I wish I remembered which one it was, but I heard Jerry signed something back in the spring that allows Zeke to accrue this year, whether he plays or not. So I'm a little bit tentative right now. I've been, I've, I've still had him as my number five pick overall, but I haven't actually had the chance to get him in quite a while. So if I have the 105 and he's the one available, I, I would have to actually be on the clock to be able to judge what I would do there. Um, I want to hear more news, to tell you the truth. I, I, I'm a little bit up in the air on this. I, I assume he's going to play at some point, but I'm not totally positive about it. Kev, is he your is he your five because of this news or just in general and that didn't change now, anything? He's moved down to five because of the news over time. Um, I think in the beginning of the spring, it was, I was debating between yeah him, Barkley, and... Um, McCaffrey at 101 um it depended I had I think I had Zeke if you're playing in a standard league that nobody ever plays in anymore I had Zeke at 101 McCaffrey at 101 and a uh, 0.5 PPR and then Barkley in 101 at uh full you know, point. in a full P, full point PPR but uh I recently or probably about a month and a half ago I just uh CMC is my 1.01 overall and I dig it. It, here's my question if we're going to talk dynasty now i am not a huge contract guy so let's say he sits out he's under they signed the fifth year option right so so what is he going to do he's no 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 this is the fourth year next year would be the fifth year option the following Again? year would be no, the... i know that's what i'm saying so okay let's say he sits out but they opted into the fifth year would he then have to sit out again if he didn't get the contract i want and he was his heels are digged in dug in that far yeah that's yeah. i mean that's digging in deep I mean, listen, am I selling him in Dynasty? Probably not. I'm hoping I have Tony Pollard or Mike Weber or whoever else they have. I, I think they'll probably sign him. I don't really think he has a ton of leverage, but he's just the type of guy that Jerry Jones wants because he puts people in the, you know, in the seats. I mean, not that the Cowboys have any problem with that, but, you know, he jumps into Salvation Army jugs and he gets press and you get to see the star. And that's what Jerry Jones wants. And Ezekiel Elliott jerseys will sell. So I, I think they will sign him, but I don't really think he has leverage. I'm not selling him. I'm also not buying him. I am sticking by this. I it, No, I want to ask Wheeler before I give my take on this real quick. Wheeler, you said you had him at five. Who who are the four ahead of him? I'm assuming Barkley. David, Can, David da Johnson. So David Johnson is lead. Okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. David Johnson has running back one overall upside in 2019, so I can completely be down with that, I'm not touching him at that point. I, I agree with Wheeler at the 105. I'm telling you, I'm, I might take DeAndre Hopkins there. I, I know that might be an unpopular take, but there's plenty of running backs on that way back. Like, I would, if I'm going to gamble, I would much rather gamble on trying to take Melvin Gordon. If I take Hopkins at the 105 or 106, I would much rather wait, come back around, and gamble with my second-round pick. I can't gamble with my first-round pick in redraft. Just too much relying on that position. Can you get away with it? Yeah, you can. Do you want to? No. And in Dynasty, my stance stays the same. I'm waiting for this to pass. I'll wait for Zeke to sign. Uh, I'll wait a couple of weeks, let him ball out. And again, I'm going to continue to go after guys where I may have to pay up a skosh to get a CMC or Barkley, or I might, you know, take a step down and get a Joe Mixon or maybe even a Dalvin Cook plus a little something, something on the back end. I'm done with Zeke. If it's not a holdout issue, a contract issue, it's legal issues, it's suspension issues, I'm just done. I put too much work and time in building my dynasty rosters to have one of the cornerstones be a jackass. And then real quick before we move on to uh, one of my other favorite jackasses, uh, Dallas. Dallas has allegedly made an offer to all of their big three that would make each one of them top five at their position uh, from a pay standpoint. So that would make Amari, Dak, and Zeke all top five. If I'm Amari or Dak, I'm scooping that up. Pay me. If you're going to put me in that Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas range, if I'm Amari, sold American. If I'm Dak 
and you're going to put me up there with the top five, I'm also in. Uh, Zeke, I can kind of get it. You know, he can make an argument I'm number one, but I don't think Dallas wants to repeat the mistake of the L.A. Rams. But speaking of mistakes. How, how, hold on. Before sure. you start that, uh, how far does he have to fall in redraft before you take him? 108, 108-ish. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely like the four-wheeler head in there. I definitely like DeAndre Hopkins. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like uh, a few years ago when the suspension was a thing and he was falling uh, the, the, to the end of the second and some, or something and you still wouldn't take him. No. So you're willing to risk the later first still. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But but that top five, I mean, there's just – I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he's going to put up the same 20-ish points as Zeke every week. But I don't see – Go ahead. The longer he holds out, the lower he's going to get in drafts. Correct. It's that's all there is to it. You know, we're debating 105 now. You know, in two weeks we could be debating 205. Yeah, and and we'll just see where this goes because today was the the quote unquote fictional line in the sand, but we'll we'll see how this goes. We'll continue to monitor the situation. Antonio Brown and his mangled feet. Jerry, have you seen the picture of Antonio Brown's mangled feet? It's repulsive. It's one of the things on Instagram that I wish I hadn't saw. It's, 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 and it's allegedly frostbite. And you might say to yourself, well, this man plays in Oakland. It's the middle of August. How does one get frostbite in the middle of August in Oakland? Well, I'll tell you, your dumbass gets into a cryogenic machine without the proper footwear. If you've never seen this, I see a lot of this because uh, I'm into fitness. My wife has actually been through this therapy. It's kind of weird. They give you like, it looks like an oven mitt, but it's made out of wool. And it sounds like he didn't wear the proper footwear. So, uh, Wheeler, wh- where is he going on your redraft board right now, Mr. Big Chest, Mr. Big Checks? He, he was uh, about halfway through the second round. Um, I, I've taken him a couple of times. Uh, I, I think that he could – I mean, he, he could be the wide receiver one overall. Uh, um, I don't think Carr is that much of a step down from Roethlisberger, at least in – Elderly Roethlisberger, but uh, this is just freaking hilarious. Like, <laughs> how are you gonna not put on the footwear they give you? Because you know they gave him footwear. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's weight. I asked my so when I heard this, I didn't go to the to the, to the thing my wife went and did. But I asked her, I was like, they gave you footwear, right? She's like, yeah, they give you these weird looking things to put on your feet, and I was like, exactly. And 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 he must have went there like flip flops or something. What a what an absolute moron! It sounds like he's still week to week. We're going to talk a little bit more about Antonio Brown as we talk about guys creeping up our draft boards here a little bit later in the show. Jerry, anything on Mister Blonde Mustache? No, You're- it's gross. I, listen, we can talk about this all we want. We can talk until our faces are blue and we can't breathe. Go look at the picture of the man's feet, and then think about how. He's a wide receiver that runs excellent routes. And you tell me how that man's going to run excellent routes with those ugly ass warlock feet. Not happening. I, 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 it's filthy gross. Uh, I'm not worried about it. According to a foot specialist who posted on Twitter that it's not that big of a deal and he should be okay in a few weeks. So he'll, and it's one of those things. It's yeah. like if you're an Antonio Brown guy who's already drafted or has him that has him on your roster in a dynasty league, it means he's not pulling a hammy. It means he's not, right. you know, risking an ACL. Yeah, so, so, like so, so there's the upside of this. And uh, uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady signed a two-year weird-ass extension with the New England Patriots worth $70 million. What's weird about it is he just signed it that would extend him through 2021, but it automatically voids after the end of this season, and he can't be franchise tagged. That verbiage was in the contract. Jerry, what the hell's going on with Tom Brady in this contract? I don't know. Listen, Tom, any Tom Brady extension doesn't matter. That dude's going to play until he decides he doesn't want to play. We can have formalities like this all we want. I actually didn't know that it was weird like that until you told me about it. What? I'm sure I, it's a move to create more cap space for this year. And, and he probably plans on retiring next year. And if not, he'll just renegotiate a contract. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. He he's gonna do whatever Tom Brady wants to do because Tom Brady can do whatever Tom Brady wants to do. I, I and, think, and he'll ahead, he'll mold to the to the organization just so they can put better bodies on the field around him. He can keep winning. He it, the last thing he needs to worry about is money. No, that dude's good. Well, this this is one of the upsides for you listening to the Dynasty Warzone. You can use this fake contract because Wheeler's exactly right. It did free up cap space, and it gave him a raise. I think it gave him an extra $8 million in 2019. 
and it does pave the way for him to retire. But if you got Tom Brady sitting on a super flex roster, you need to go out to some sucker, I mean, t- league mate in your in your super flex league and say, look, Tom Brady's going to be <laughs> he, around he for three. Sucker. Yeah, I meant sucker. And you could say, listen, man, Tom Brady's going to be around for three years. He's got 19, 20, 21 you can afford to pay a little bit more of a fair market value for this quarterback in Superflex because you know you're not getting an asset that's going to dis- disappear at the end of the season. And then if he disappears at the end of the season, that won't be your problem because you'll have shiny new stuff and uh, you- you've made out. And speaking of guys who've made out, how about Michael Thomas? Five-year, $100 million contract, $61 million guaranteed. My only thought on this before I throw it over to you guys is that, A, he's not technically the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. still has $65 million guaranteed on his contract, whereas Michael Thomas has 61. So there's a little uh, a little measuring contest. But he did get the average. He did get the average of, five, of uh, $20 million a year. So it looks good on paper. He's getting a lot of paper. Does this change anything for you in Dynasty, Jerry? Nope. It's all dependent on Drew Brees, in my opinion. I mean, Michael Thomas is good, no matter who throws to him. He made Cardale Jones win a national championship. So, uh, no, not, not really. He deserved it. Give that man his money. And Wheeler, where are you taking this dude in, in a, a redraft league right now? Uh, where do I have him? Um, I have him a little lower, I think, than consensus. I have him at 14 overall. So, you know, second right pick of the there. second round. I, yeah. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. All right. Well, j- j- just curious, but, but good for him. Yeah, good, good, nice guy, does the right thing, uh, will help the team. Yeah, I mean – he wants to get paid before Teddy Two Gloves is his quarterback. You know? Oh, I don't blame him. He, Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, ask I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. Wrong. I am stashing Teddy Two Gloves away in some of them Superflex leagues, but that's it. That's at the end of the bench. That's that's oh, way yeah, down yeah. there. That's yeah, down yeah. there with the kids that are my size. He, he's real cheap. There. He's a throw-in just to keep him down there because Breeze is old. He may not make it through this year. And Teddy Two Gloves could have left. In free agency this past offseason, but he chose right. to stay in New Orleans. What did I mean? We don't know this, but we're, we're we're speculating. What did they tell him to get him to stay when he could have potentially gotten a shot at a starter's job somewhere else? Interesting things to kick around while talking about Thomas's big deal. Lashawn McCoy has been told that he is quote unquote the guy in Buffalo. Lashawn, I remember the first time I've been lied to. I think you've been yeah, lied. My wife, my wife says that too. She's a liar too. <laughs> Uh, are, are you touching him in redraft this year, Wheeler? You know, anywhere, I best ball? I haven't at all, but it, 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 they're telling him he's the guy. They're leaving off the part that's going to be traded. Where he gets <laughs> traded to or, you know, who actually I think they're just going to cut him um, because they saved like $5 million in cap this year. Um, but he could end up someplace where we really like him too. So I doing a little searching to see if I can buy him for cheap and see what, you know, see where the chips may fall. Yeah, throw a, a late pick at him in yeah. a, like, like a 2024. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you never know. And if he ends up being the guy, he might be a bi-week fill-in type guy. And we don't know what this Buffalo offense could be. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. I don't think he stays in Buffalo. No, I don't, I don't think he does either. I think he either gets cut and gets to make his own choice or something happens like the Alex Lewis. Now, this is not really dynasty or redraft related, but Alex Lewis, the offensive lineman that was going to get cut in Baltimore yesterday, the Jets GM swooped in and offered a conditional seventh-round pick to go ahead and get him so that he didn't hit the open market and they were able to get the lineman. It was actually a pretty savvy move. So maybe a team does something like that. With McCoy, they, they they swoop in before they cut him, get him for a conditional pick, and they can make use of him. So, LaShawn McCoy, not dead yet. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, off the pup. Wee! And Marquise Goodwin, job, could be in jeopardy. Are you touching either one of these guys in, in redraft or best ball, Wheeler? Nope. <laughs> not not one bit. Share, either yeah. one. <laughs> Now, uh, I think it was uh, Nate was trying to sell me McKinnon because I had uh, um, I have Coleman. I have Coleman just about everywhere. Um, but he was trying to sell me McKinnon. He's like, you need a handcuff for him. Like, Breed is the, hand- Breed is the handcuff. Uh, McKinnon's just, it's, 
if he ever gets to the field, man, he could be something. His metrics say so, but he but hasn't you, ever you said really done three times anything. In that sentence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way too many butts. Yeah, way too many butts in that backfield. Way too many butts in that wide receiver core. So I'm not buying McKinnon in any format. I'm looking for any good news just to get out from under. And Marquise Goodwin, still really fast. But when the team has invested early draft capital the last two years, second rounders, Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel, and then they also brought in converted running back Jalen Hurd. I don't really see a need. And then uh, Trent Taylor has been balling out there in San Francisco. So Marquise Goodwin feels as good as gone. If Al Davis was alive, he'd probably land in Oakland because he's fast. Uh, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you what, you you left uh, San Francisco's leading uh, receiver from last year off that list. George Kittle. George Kittle. Oh, uh, uh, Born. Kendrick, Kendrick Born, Born, baby. Yeah. The Born Kendrick identity. Born making noise. The, the Born, Born ultimatum, identity, man. That's the super deep stash right there. Kendrick Born. There's a writer downer, Jerry. That's uh, here, something. That's here, what that is. Yeah, I mean, I thought, it's super. That, that's stash. a that's, that's, that's crazy, trivia. That's trivia for the bar night. Who was he the was, he was their, receiver in he, he was their most targeted wide receiver oh, last year. Yep, by Nick Mullins. Well, Dante, Deonta Foreman lands in Indianapolis after being cut by Houston. Uh, I never really considered him much of a redraft asset, so I'll just throw it to Jerry. What are you doing with Foreman in a uh, in a dynasty league? Never liked him. Was never on that train, so you're probably asking the wrong person because the moment he got cut, it was one of those times where I got to do a victory lap. I was wrong on Marlon Mack in that same draft class, but at least on Foreman, I feel a little bit better about being wrong on. He's just a big guy that runs straight, and you you tear your Achilles, and no running back has ever come back from an Achilles. I can't remember who was tweeting it out recently, but they said that there has not been a single one that comes back. You just you lose the explosiveness. That was Silva's tweet. Yeah, there we go. In my SFB Master Chief division. Ah, uh, you, you got the big dog. You got Evan Silva in your division. Yeah, and I hated his team, and it's actually starting to look really good now that I'm getting to the season. Damn, there's it. probably a reason why he's good at what he does. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All right, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not a foreman guy. I'm, and, I'm a foreman grill I really guy. Don't think he's probably going to make the Colts either. I think he'll probably get cut. Uh, b- bad Achilles for a running back is bad. Being a lazy pile of trash is bad for a running back. So. I'm not interested in any format or fashion, but I'll tell you who I am interested in is that's Andrew Luck and his calf. The only solace that I'm taking in all of this is that uh, last week when all this first came out, Chris Mortensen was talking, and I don't remember his exact thing, so I'll paraphrase, is that he's not worried about it. This is Andrew Luck being hypersensitive from a guy who you know has injuries in the past with his shoulder, his spleen, I believe it was, or his kidney, and he's just being uber-sensitive. So... And until there's real cause for worry here locally, I'm not tripping. Are either one of you? And I'll ask Wheeler because we're doing more of a redraft month. Have you seen him sliding down draft boards? Uh, sliding uh, slightly. I'm, I'm not even looking at quarterback at, at that time, but I do believe I might have grabbed him in one of the best balls in like the eighth round. Um, so, yeah, if, I, if I'm grabbing a quarterback in the eighth round, he's sliding. Um, so, but I, I, you just confirmed that I made the right choice. Like I I was starting to get a little bit worried there, but I'll take it from you. If you're getting reports and you know how to trust and you're an indie guy. So I heard it last year about his shoulder. It's like, just be patient. Don't worry. He'll be fine. And I know two years ago, it was a different regime. It was the, the, the Grigson Pagano regime, but you know, starting last year when, when Ballard showed up, the the media and the, and the information that leaks out around here tends to be a lot more honest and a lot more transparent, and and I tend to believe it more. So if as Andrew Luck guy who's got even a ton of leagues that I got him because of the shoulder injury, I'm not sweating it. But I I, I could also see where a guy like him is very careful, especially after seeing what happened in the NBA with Kevin Durant and his calf injury leading to an Achilles. You know I'd be gun shy too if if I were him. He's like man the the, the one wrong step like Kevin Durant, and I could be out for a year plus. And he's a quarterback, so it wouldn't be quite the death sentence it is for a running back, but it still wouldn't be good. So I don't blame him for taking it easy. And I'll tell you who else is taking it easy, and that's Damian Williams, because that lazy son of a bitch hasn't practiced in nine days. And I'm just kidding. 
He's been hurt with a hamstring, but he is losing reps to uh, Mr. Wheeler's fan favorite, Carlos Hyde, and a guy that I've got interested in, Darwin Thompson. Uh, what are you reading into this, Wheeler? Uh, I like them both, just to set the record. Um, but Hyde, they picked up right away. Uh, was he free agent or was it just waivers? Either way. It was free agent. He got cut, and the next day they signed him. That's been one of my yeah. big concerns. They picked them, yeah, but they picked them up immediately. Andy Reid knew, knew something, and I think what he wants is just a goal line short yardage back, and Hyde is good at that. He can pull off the three-down back roll, but I don't even think that's what they're worried about with him. They just want him short yardage, goal line, Darwin Thompson, pass catcher out of the backfield. Damian Williams, they're hoping he's you know their full-time back, but without practice I, I just think reed is getting a little ornery and wants him there and wants him to be able to show off what he has i i, I think damian williams has a great athletic skill set um he was underutilized in miami because well the coaching staff do. there <laughs> doesn't know what the hell to do right um but keep in mind they did start damian williams over um uh what the hell is it kenyon drake um not this past year, but the year before. Yes. Um, so maybe Damian Williams does have a skill set to be able to pull it off. He he has he's never had over fifty carries in a season. Is that right? Or fifty three carries in a season? It's it's something close. It's something that. real real Some, close. Something like that. It's because he's hurt a lot too. Um, he has the opportunity, but give me Hyde in the eleventh or twelfth. Give me Darwin Thompson in the seventeenth or eighteenth, and let's call it a day i'm fine with that that's where i'm at too like it it listen maybe there's a chance that this news makes damian williams fall down a redraft board even more maybe he's in the fifth then then you know i'll think about it but i'm handcuffing that dude right. for sure zero percent chance i'm not i'm stretching on the other two if i if i do take him but, I, i've always been a carlos high guy and darwin thompson man my only fear in all this is that it's, it's, it feels earmarked for the dreaded running back by committee. Now, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy come out and basically still called Damian Williams their starter. But he's losing time. And, you know, he, at some point, we as if you own Williams, you don't want him to feel rushed to come back. We talked about the time frame on this injury last week on one of our two podcasts from, from the previous week. And if, if you believe in him, you want him to take all the time take solace in the fact that the coaching staff continues to support him and just hang on. A couple of quick other news. Uh, Chris Carson slightly ahead of Rashad Penny, although there are thoughts per Seahawks.com that both of these guys are in for a big 2019. Now, Wheeler, I'm sure you probably wouldn't mind having either, but who would you rather have of these two for just 2019? Not so much for Dynasty, but uh, for our redrafters. Um. I'm going with Penny just because he's a couple rounds later um, and he's coming with higher draft capital. Uh, Chris Carson doesn't uh, – Chris Carson was put on the bench by Justice Hill in college, correct? Yes. So, they're, you know, he can be taken over. I, I have a feeling that Rashad Penny is at least equal to Justice Hill. So, between injury concerns and just Carson – his pedigree coming in, I, I would rather take the later of the two, which right now is Penny. What about you, Jerry? I, I'm probably avoiding it, honestly, because I think they're going to be splitting it pretty easy. I just, I, I think they're both going to be successful, and I think that is not good to own in redraft, just because they will both be successful, so they will both get pretty close to even work. I really don't think any one of them is going to just blow the other out of the water and keep them on the bench. That that's just a headache that I'm I'm good on. I, I I agree with Wheeler. I would rather have Penny at his ADP because I do think Carson's going to be the goal line back, so he'll have the touchdown upside. The problem is, is that touchdowns aren't predictable, but Rashad Penny's going to get the pass catching work, and that is. So that's repeatable, that's sustainable, whether that's, you know, four or five targets a week out of the backfield. Just look at what Mike Davis was able to accomplish in this backfield last year. And I just don't see Carson as much of a pass catcher. He's kind of that Derrick Henry, Jordan Howard type to date. That doesn't mean that can't change. 
but I would much rather lean on taking Rashad Penny at his ADP with his PPR upside. And this last guy's got some PPR upside. I know Wheeler's excited to talk about Theo Riddick landing in Denver. Uh, Theo Riddick landing in Denver. And if you guys think a couple of years back, I was uh, I was using uh, Buck Allen as a guy that I was touting. You know, he had an RB2 season, not last year, but the year before. And guess who his checkdown quarterback was? Oh, check down Joe Flacco. And guess who, according to beat writers, has lighted it up with the first team in the passing game in Denver? That's Theo Riddick. I don't know that he's going to be viable for any format this year, but I am I, 100% certain he's going to be a huge pain in the ass for Philip Lindsay owners and Royce Freeman owners. Now, Wheeler, you're a big fan of one of these two Denver backs. How are you feeling after this news? I'm not worried in the least. Um, that is a good point about Joe Flacco and the check down king, but I think when L- Lindsay's still out with the, the injury, correct? Uh, to my knowledge, he's been back in camp with the wrist injury. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's been I back. He he's been back. No, no, he's been back okay. for a while. He got the first snap I, of a uh, uh, camp. Okay, my mistake. Um that's why I double check with you too. <laughs> but uh I, I really don't think Riddick is anything. Maybe four or five games he comes in and he interrupts things a little bit or he fills in here and there. But I don't think he affects Freeman at all whatsoever. And what Freeman's about his role is going to first is going to be short yardage and goal line, and Lindsey is going to be a combination. He'll he'll play in all three downs, but uh, he'll be the main pass catching guy. Um, Theo Riddick could throw a wrench in a couple of you know Plays, uh, of maybe. receptions, but yeah, and I I don't really see it. I mean, I'm not that high on Lindsay to begin with, so he's he's going high enough that I don't think I own a single share of Lindsay. Um, but I'll stay. I'll keep with in redraft uh, Freeman in the eighth or ninth. Yeah, I'll I'll keep taking that all day. Anything to add, Jerry? As as the resident Detroit Lions fan, there is a zero percent chance Theo Riddick is anything that resembles a consistent fantasy asset. He's a good player that has some shake and bake and he will get you a first down when you need a first down, but he's not going to get opportunity. No, thank you. I'm good on that. I will also take Royce Freeman all day, every day. I'll have, I will have, I will go Brewster's millions and I'll have none of the above. I think crusty old Joe Flacco will like crusty old Theo Riddick. I think that he limits the upside of both of these guys. I don't have any dynasty shares of anyone mentioned uh, except Theoretic. I had I had one Theoretic share that uh, has a little life to it. It got a little CPR, a little jolt of life with this landing. <laughs> you but forgot he was still on a team. I, I do. He was on a taxi. And uh, I got one last bit of news. We're going to talk about Melvin Gordon. If you thought you were getting out of this episode without hearing about Melvin Gordon, nope. Not so fast, my friends, but before we talk about Melvin and his request for a trade, we want to hear about our, uh, from our friends over at the Draft app. Has the injury bug already taken a bite out of your roster and left you hamstrung? Did you blow your draft by taking A.J. Green in the fourth round? Are you regretting that big trade in your dynasty league that's left your roster less than dynamic well then it's never too late over at draft.com get over to draft.com today and upon deposit use the promo code dwz draft you'll get a free three dollar ticket into a contest and maybe you can take on me look for your boy memphis at dff memphis over on the draft app starting the week of august 12th and you could find your butt getting whooped by me so check us out over at draft.com promo code upon deposit dwz draft and come get some of the big guy look forward to seeing you there let's have a great season all right big thanks to draft.com for sponsoring the podcast now melvin gordon have you guys heard that melvin gordon wants a trade i heard something about it just briefly no one else mentioned it though just just one instance jerry i mean wheeler anything on this guy uh, yeah, I've heard everybody talking about him, but I've pretty much ignored it. Well, it's not gonna. It makes no sense for any team to trade for him. Well, let, let me let's let's here at the Dynasty War Zone put the Melvin Gordon. We're not going to talk much Melvin Gordon after tonight unless he signs or something drastic happens. So I took all thirty-two teams, 
And I, I've already I've already eliminated 23 right off the bat due to their established running back field. I've eliminated Arizona, the Rams, the Niners, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Panthers, the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, the Redskins, the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys, Oakland, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Jets, and Patriots. I've eliminated those 23 right off the bat based off of their current uh, running back situation. Is there any of those teams that I mentioned that you think that would trade for Melvin Gordon? No, because I really don't think many teams would, in truth. Well, we're getting there. Any any, any of those 23 teams, Wheeler? Nope. All right, so that leaves eight teams. The eight teams left would be Buffalo, Miami, Houston, Denver, Kansas City, Green Bay, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay. Now let's eliminate Kansas City and Denver right off the bat because they're AFC West division rivals. Okay? Now let's eliminate Houston since they play in the AFC and are fellow Super Bowl contenders. Why would you move Melvin Gordon to someone that could potentially stop you? Wouldn't that be some shit? You traded for uh, you trade Melvin Gordon to Houston, and then Melvin Gordon runs wild all over you in the AFC Championship game. How smart do you feel then? So you don't do that. And that leaves – so let's eliminate Green Bay and Atlanta due to cap issues. Green Bay's got about $14 million left in 2019 and $9 million next year. They already can't afford him, so scratch him. The Falcons have $3.6 million left in 2019, and they're already $9 million over for next year. And they've got to figure out how to sign Julio Jones. So let's get rid of Atlanta. So that leaves three teams. That leaves Buffalo, Miami, and Tampa Bay. Those are all three teams that are either young and or rebuilding. So by the time that these three teams are really ready to compete with the Indianapolis's and the Kansas City's and the soon-to-be Cleveland's, Melvin Gordon's not going to be relevant. So Melvin, there is no trade market. Take the $10 million a year, get out of my newsfeed every day, and let's move this thing down the road. Did I miss anything, guys? No, you I, hit it all. Yeah, flawless. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean? That was crazy. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Just go away, Melvin. And on top of that, not only did, would you have to trade for him, you have to you have to compensate them. Then you assume the burden of the headache of signing him, of yeah. signing him to twelve million dollars, Melvin. Just I, I I know, dude. You're not Zeke. You're a nice running back. Zeke is an elite running back. Zeke is a key cog in that offense. The Chargers went four and zero without you, dude. So get out of my timeline. Go do something different. And, and speaking of something different, rant, Melvin Gordon rant over. We're going to talk about guys creeping up our draft boards. Jerry, you have some guys creeping up your draft boards? I do. Wheeler, I do. anybody creeping up your draft boards? Yeah, I got a few. All right. Well, I've got a title for these guys. Let me, uh, let me see what I got here. CLB. Creepy little bastard. So we're going to talk about some creepy little bastards crawling up our draft boards here over the Dynasty War Zone and with our special guest, Wheeler. So, Wheeler, I'm going to throw it to you first. Give us the first guy that you're drafting a round or two uh, earlier than their ADP would suggest that you should. Um, well, these are both a couple of guys. Well, I'll start with I'll start with Kiki Kuti. Um, right now, if you look on Fantasy Pros, his ADP is 117, which puts him in the 10th round. On draft, um, he's going at 98, so that puts him in the ninth round. I've been grabbing him a little bit early. He didn't have a whole lot of games last year. He was injured for good portions of the season. Well, he was injured for the first three games, came in, was injured for two in between, was injured for the last five games. Um, so that's not a great track record. But when he was in, whether um, Hopkins and Fuller were on the field or not, he still performed. Um, he had 41 targets in his six games. Um, 30 of those targets were with both of them on the field at the same time. So he, he had 11 more targets than Fuller in the, I think it was four games they played together, three or four games they played together. <clears throat> um, and the reports out of camp is that Fuller can't yet run a full route tree. Uh, so Kiki's going to get plenty of usage out of the slot. Um, he's going to have a full camp. Hopefully he stays healthy, and uh, I, I want to see good things from him. That's a high-powered offense, and if he's going to be that slot receiver, I think he had a 60% slot rate when he was in. And, and um, what did you say his ADP was again? Uh, 
as far as fantasy pros, sure. which I think is a little bit behind, is 117. So that would be, so yeah. The 10th round. Yeah. So so where are you willing to nab him? You're not going to get him in the 10th, or you don't want to gamble and risk not getting him at all. Where, where would you reach up and try to grab him? So I would grab him in the 8th, but there's actually my next guy is right ahead of him. Well, well sa- save your next guy. So I'll save my next guy. I, I want to I save so your I- next guy. I, I, I am big on on kiki qt don't have a lot of shares but i remember the playoff game last year when he played against the colts and my my man went bananas he had 14 targets 11 receptions and 110 yards and a touchdown that's ppr gold that's pure gold he's on my draft board as well he's creeping up mine i would take him maybe a round or so early depends on there's a lot of good wide receivers in the eighth but I would, I would definitely consider him in the ninth. Jerry, who is one of the creepy little uh, fellas crawling up your draft board? Me and Wheeler were hyping my man up earlier. Carlos Hyde. We don't know what's going to happen with Damian Williams. Yes, Damian Williams looked good last year in those last, you know, four games or whatever it was. But, it, you know, that opportunity breeds success. It always has under Andy Reid. He is a large man that just makes gold for fantasy running backs and it's wonderful so i mean he's at 118 on fantasy pros the end of the ninth round i mean if i can get him in the eighth i mean maybe the late seventh i mean i already have at that point i have you know two or three running backs two or three wide receivers maybe a tight end too and then you're just you're stacking guys that can you know hit grand slams for you and if something happens to Damian Williams or Carlos Hyde takes that number one spot in Kansas City, the dude is gold. And I'm getting him in the, you know, eighth, ninth round. That's stupid easy for me. I will do it every single time. I don't have to ask Wheeler if he's uh, invested in Carlos Hyde because you're a big fan. Is that correct? Yes, I am. You, you got <clears throat> well, lots I mean, of shares. I think I think he's in a prime spot with a heck of an opportunity with a team that wants him. And that's all that you could want out of a guy this late in draft rounds. My first guy is Dante Moncrief. I Not because he was a former Colt, just because he's really got his first reliable quarterback for the first time in three years. Two years ago, he was dealing with Jacoby Brissett as Andrew Luck missed all of 2017. And then last year, he had Blake Bortles. So he had two, basically the last two years, he had backup level QB play. He's currently going at the 11.07, according to fantasyfootballcalculator.com ADP. That's 133rd overall and wide receiver 50 off the board. Guys going in and actually all these guys are going ahead of him. I would much rather have Moncrief over Devin Funchess, Emmanuel Sanders, Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Jackson, and in Keel Harry. He has Big Ben's confidence, and that is per wide receiver coach Daryl Drake. And remember, we talked about this before on the show, there are 226 targets available from last year, 33% to be uh, more accurate. And, and Ben had his one of, if not his best career years under first-year offensive coordinator Randy Fickner. I just think this spells magic. I mean, I think Juju could push 200 targets. He could. I don't remember the national media source that thought Juju could challenge the all-time single-season target record and the all-time single-season reception record, ironically, I believe, held by Marvin Harrison of the Colts, 143, if I remember correctly. But I still, I still think there's plenty to go around for a guy like Moncrief to hear that the wide receiver coach is bought in, the OC's bought in, Big Ben's bought in. And I know that we all, want, as dynasty players, want to see Deontay Johnson and uh, Washington take a step forward. They brought this dude in for a reason. He's playing on a backloaded contract, i.e., you got to pay to you got to play to get paid. I, I'm big on Dante Moncrief. He's going in the 11th. I will gladly take him uh, back into the ninth, first of the tenth, just to make sure I get him. Uh, going at wide receiver 50, I think this guy's a lock to finish in the top 36, and I would not be surprised if he finished in the top 24. So give me all the Dante Moncrief at his current ADP. Jerry Wheeler, anything on Mr. Moncrief? I loved him when he was going in the 15th round. Um, I, I still like him better than the other guys you mentioned for sure, but to see him go f- four or five rounds earlier than I was seeing him early in the season is kind of disheartening. 
guys like us are driving up the price, Wheeler. But uh, sometimes you just got you. <laughs> you just got to hear it. He's no longer on the down low. He's just creeping. So, uh, Wheeler, give us your second guy you wanted to talk about, I think, around the eighth round. Yeah, it's Curtis Samuel. He's another guy that was going in the 10th or 11th round early in the season, but uh, now his uh, ADP on draft is 86. Um, Fantasy Pros has still got him at 113, but their their ADP might be a little bit delayed. This draft eight eight. ADP I use is from uh, Fantasy Mojo, and it's just the last two days. So he's really creeping up everybody's draft board. And uh, the reason why is because if you look uh, when both receivers played together weeks 12 through 16, uh, him and DJ Moore's numbers were very similar. In fact, Samuel had more air yards, a a uh, greater depth of target, and uh, a higher weighted opportunity. a lot of people look at Curtis Samuel and see his size. Um, he's relative, well, six six foot two ten. He plays like a smaller guy, um, so it's a little bit deceiving. But he's an outside receiver. He he did. Uh, I'm looking at DJ Moore. Hold on one second. Let me step back once. You're good. Yes, and while, Curtis Samuel what, is a small what, is a little bit of smaller guy. Sorry. Say, say while you were looking, I was looking at his uh, fantasy football calculator ADP. He is currently the 114th player off the board. So according to their ADP, he's right there on that 9-10 turn. So he continues to creep up uh, everyone's draft board. Yeah, the, if he's there in the ninth, definitely grab him. He is a little bit smaller receiver. Uh, he has a, a 22% slot rate. But really when it breaks down, Curtis Samuel is Ted Ginn, but young and more athletic. Um Think about what Ted Ginn was on Carolina and those deep plays, Curtis Samuel's got it. He's also this Swiss Army knife slasher. Uh, he, he rushes the ball. You know, he'll take short passes to the house. Uh, he's probably got the potential to be as close to Tyreek as we're going to see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to disagree with you. I was going to say, no offense to you or Ted Ginn, but I, I can't agree with that comp. Uh, I, I think the absolute ceiling for him could be Curtis, um, excuse, excuse me, could be Tyreek Hill. I love that comp. Now I'm a bigger DJ Moore guy. I trust him a little bit more. See what I did there, Jerry? That's some pro stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but but, but if, if Curtis Samuel and his hype train in a dynasty league can, can help you get DJ Moore. I'm I'm about it. I, th- I think he'll be the guy, but I don't think that that doesn't mean that Curtis Samuel can't return tremendous value. Much like I said about Moncrief, I think the absolute bare minimum, barring injury, because he's got a heart condition, he's had an ankle issue in the past, but the bare bones floor for this guy in that offense, even with Christian McCaffrey, even with a somewhat as of today healthy Greg Olson and DJ Moore. I think the bare bones floor for this guy is wide receiver 36, and I, I, I think there's so much more. Jerry, are you a Curtis Samuel guy? And then give us your next creeper. I am more of a Curtis Samuel guy than I am a DJ Moore guy. I don't know if Cam Wheeler, can. I'm looking for a new co-host. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm I don't know if Cam can, you know, build two guys up like that. Uh, and Curtis Samuel's cheaper. And he ripped the hearts out of Michigan fans everywhere. And I'm getting petty because football season's coming. <laughs> But yes, I have a guy, and it's I'm cheating a little bit because I am not going with a deeper guy. I'm going with one of the, the the higher round guys that I think I will be snatching, and that is Kelvin Ridley. He's going 54 on Fantasy Pros. That's 506. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to be reaching you know a lot more than that for him just because it is earlier, so that's a huge jump in tears. But we're talking about a dude that had 90 targets last year, over 60 catches, 10 touchdowns. He had a game where he had three touchdowns. He had another game. He had 13 targets. I mean, he's going to get opportunity. That offense is going to be good. They are always going to pass the ball a lot. And yes, he will never be Julio Jones. He will always be second until Julio is gone, but he is still good enough to be good. And if we're, let's say I, I reach an entire round for him and I'm taking him in the middle of the fourth. I've probably already got my running back set. I probably have a tight end and maybe he's my wide receiver one, or I have a running back and he's my wide receiver two with a tight end or two running backs, two wide receivers. There's, you know, he's not one of these guys that I, you know, like that's giant and risky. 
you know, Melvin Gordon in the first or anything like that. No. And if I can get Kelvin Ridley as my wide receiver one and I have my running backs and my tight end locked up, stop it. That's the easiest deal for me every single time. I'm going to have a lot of Kelvin Ridley. I promise you that. And if you hear this and I'm in a dynasty league with you and you have Kelvin Ridley and you clearly do not like him as much as the emphasis in my voice is telling you I like him, send me an offer. I will overpay for him. I want to hit you guys both with a little uh, little impromptu. You weren't ready for this trivia question. So I'm looking, again, I'm using fantasyfootballcalculator.com ADP. So he's in the middle of a little manwich, a little sandwich action. So I'm going to hit you with five names. And you tell me who you would rather have of this group. Uh, we'll just say for redraft because that's kind of our focus right now. You can you can add a dynasty if you would like. I don't care. Uh, Tyler Lockett at the 501. Calvin Ridley at the 503. The ultra-hyped Chris Godwin at the 505. Mike Williams at 508. And then uh, my man crush at the 509, Mr. Cooper Cup. So of those five, Lockett, Ridley, Godwin, Williams, or Cup, who are you taking for 2019? And who are you taking for Dynasty Wheeler? Uh, Lockett or Godwin? Okay, so so, so that's you for redraft. Lockett or Godwin? I, I would take either Lockett or Godwin over him. In both, in both Oof. Dynasty and redraft. Spicy, Jerry. Who are you taking? And I, I think I know who you're taking in redraft, but uh, who are you taking in Dynasty? I'm uh, taking Ridley, and I'm. I'm not taking Lockett. I don't trust Tyler Lockett. Uh, I'm going Ridley. I'm probably going Cups in there. Who else we got? Godwin. God, that's a that's just a that's a nice. It's a, it's a really a really nice little chunk right there. It's a nice little pocket from the according to their ADP from 50 to 57. All five of those guys live in that range. So for me, uh, for 2019, I will gladly take the number two in Atlanta over the number two in Tampa Bay. Give me Calvin Ridley and also take him over the number two in uh, the LA Chargers. Now, if Cooper Cup was healthy, it's Cooper Cup all day long. This guy was the wide receiver two overall in all of fantasy last year through like uh, the first half or part of the season. He's got top five. He's got Jordy Nelson upside. So in Dynasty, I'm still taking Cooper Cup. I still think he's the man there. Yes, I know I'm a homer. Yes, I know I'm a hater. But that's all right. I'm going to give you my last guy. My last guy is Josh Allen. Josh Allen is currently going, this is in a one QB league, by the way, fantasydraftcalculator.com, 13-12. So right there at that 13-14 turn, he is the QB disrespected 22 in redraft right now. I'm taking this guy miles, miles ahead of guys like Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy GQ, Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky. These are all guys going just ahead of him in ADP. Over the last six weeks of last season, my man averaged 24 points per game. His, his last six games went something like 26, 29, 16, 20, 12, 41. Unlike the rest of those guys I just mentioned, I don't think that they have the capability to win you as many weeks as this guy does. And you know how I've been touting the Instagram. Don't take my word for it. Watch your own eyes. Watch how this kid has improved his accuracy. One thing I love about this guy, he's an old farm kid. Speaks to me because I'm an old farm kid. And I've watched him work, work, work. He seems like a great guy. He's everything that people think Lamar Jackson's going to be, except I can get him much, much later. Uh, Points per game last season, he averaged 17.1 on the season. Uh, That does take into account his very abysmal start in the beginning of the season, but he averaged his 17.1 was better than Baker's 16.9. And he averaged more points per game than Dak and Kirk Cousins. And he was within one point per game of Rivers and Brady. And I can get this guy so much later in a one quarterback redraft league. I can practically get him for free. And you know what? If he doesn't live up to what I think he can do, I can just stream in a redraft league. I can pick up someone else. I can pick up the magical beard that is Fitzmagic who I like down there. there. There's a lot of streaming possibilities. So I think Josh Allen is supremely disrespected, and I love having him as my QB2 in Dynasty in a, in a super flex league. If I've got a stable option like uh, an Andrew Luck, like a Deshaun Watson, like a Jared Goff, and I can turn this wild man loose to win me weeks in, in a super flex, sign me up for that action. Uh, I'll start with Wheeler. You are our guest. Where are you at with Josh Allen? Uh, I haven't touched him really, but – 
it's just because I think a lot of his stats aren't necessarily sustainable. Now, I, I do like the fact that the Bills added like five offensive linemen in the season. They got John Brown, who, if he's healthy, can really help that deep ball inaccuracy. Uh, John Brown knows how to go and get a ball. Um, so that should help. Um, he was hindered by a huge drop rate uh, among his receivers last year. He had not much to throw to. So there is potential there. It's just that there's so many quarterbacks going so late. I guess I just don't even, I just kind of gloss them over and I either have my two or um, I, I can find somebody later who's going to, who I feel is going to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, you know, a lot of his rushing yardage or most of his rushing yardage came on scrambles. So if they're improving the offensive line, he won't be scrambling as much uh, in theory. Um, if he doesn't scramble as much, he's going to have to complete those passes. So if, if he can get that accuracy under control, which is really a hard trait for quarterbacks to learn, it's kind of one of those things you have it or you don't, but, uh, if he can get that under control and John Brown will help if he stays healthy, um, with the, the those deep passes, but, uh, I, I haven't touched him yet, but I could, I see the appeal. And what about you, Jerry, anything on Mr. Allen? You know, I, like Wheeler said, there's a, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going late in redraft, so I don't think I'll have him. But, you know, if we're at the draft and one of my league mates takes him, I'm not going to gasp and call him out. Just, you know, his rushing will give you a floor. And to an extent, like, yes, he they may scramble less because of the offensive line improvements. But I think that's just who he is as a player. I think he wants to take off and start running, and he's a big fella. And once he gets going, you know, he he keeps going. I mean, he he had more hundred yard rushing games. I mean, what did he have? Two or three something? Uh, he had he had two hundred yard rushing games, and then a ninety five and a ninety nine. I mean, that's for a quarterback. I mean, there's there's ten points, boop, right there. Plus, the guy scored rushing touchdowns in what one, two, three, four of the last six games. I, I think that, even if they cut 16 points right there, boom, just rushing. That doesn't have anything to do with him throwing the ball. He, I think he does have a safe floor. He's one of those guys that's not super sexy when you pick him, but he may be the guy that helps you out throughout the year. And as far as streaming, mama me, I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen, this has been a great episode. I always get fired up. I always get hyped. I dropped a couple of four letter words on this show, but that's what happens when you have a top 10 ranker per fantasy pros on the show. I can't blame it on Jerry. I blame everything else on Jerry. So, so listen, before we get out of here, Wheeler, please tell these people where they can find you, how you can help them, uh, all that good uh, stuff. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Wheeler. Um, you can find my rankings on draftwise.com. Uh, the site's actually down right now. We're switching servers, so it should be back next week, but that's draftwise with a Z com um also just check me out on fantasy pros I'll, I'll have some blurbs and contribute to some things there once in a while and uh i'll be on the goat district podcast that's recording tomorrow night so keep an eye out for that wheeler is everywhere oh, wheeler is a great league mate I, oh go ahead go I, ahead i was i was on a debut podcast earlier today i don't know if he's gonna be able to drop it or when he's gonna be able to drop it but it's uh no off season podcast um it's a brand new podcast by uh matt zazula he goes by at tango and cash on twitter um good guy good high stakes guy so uh he asked me to start off his podcast and i was happy to join him today well that's awesome i'll tell you how, you, how i can find people because you don't always have to search by show when you use itunes that's what i use you can just search by the person's name so when this episode drops if you search kevin wheeler you will find this episode of the Dynasty Warzone, but you're already a subscriber because that's what you do. You listen, you rate, you five-star, you review, and you help Jerry and I out. Jerry, anything for these fine people before we let them go about their day? No, y'all, it is football season. It is here. I am far too excited, and my wife is going to hate me for the next few months, but it's fine. Well, it's what's fine the next few months got to do with anything? I <laughs> uh, 
you're a smart just, ass. Just throw that out there. So, so listen, um, if you guys have a guest you want me to get on the show, I do have a couple of uh, cool guests lined up for later in the month around the 1st of September. But Jerry, old Mr. Jerry, the the, the king of vacation out here hitting Only the this month. Hitting this month. He'll be gone in, uh, not next week he'll be back with me, but the following week Jerry will be out on vacation again. So if there's another mystery co-host you want me to try and get, slide my DMs at DFF Memphis, and I will do my level best. Uh, no, no Matthew Barry. Um, I would say no fantasy footballers, but we did have Jason Moore on one time. Maybe we'll bring Wheeler back. Maybe we'll bring on JD from the Goat District. We'll find someone to come on and hang out with me and talk fantasy football. But remember, on behalf of myself, Jerry, and Wheeler, We're just here to make the world a better place to play fantasy football. We will see you right back here next week.